Ed Peters, and I welcome you on behalf of Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today with our study in the book of Acts, moving on to chapter 6. In this chapter, we see the further result of the defection that was in the early church. We first saw that defection in the case of Ananias and Sapphira. They were believers who were saved but they could not remain in the church with that lie in their lives. Now the defection that we see in this chapter led to the selection of deacons. The chapter continues with the account of one of those deacons, a man named Stephen. He was framed, arrested, and tried. Now today our focus will be on verses 1 through 4 of Acts chapter 6, and Luke opens this chapter with these words. But with the believers multiplying rapidly, there were rumblings of discontent. Those who spoke only Greek complained that their widows were being discriminated against, that they were not being given as much food at the daily distribution as the widows that spoke Hebrew. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. We should spend our time preaching, not administering a feeding program, they said. Now look around among yourselves, dear brothers, and select seven men, wise and full of the Holy Spirit, who are well thought of by everyone, and we will put them in charge of this business. Then we can spend our time in prayer, preaching, and teaching. considerable length of time may have transpired since the end of chapter 5, and during this time the church continued to grow. This continuing rapid growth, estimated to be around 25,000 at this time, 
gave rise to problems, as we will see here in this chapter, both from within as well as from without. At this stage of its development, the church was entirely Jewish in its composition. However, there were two groups of Jews within the fellowship. There were Grecian Jews, or Hellenists, those born in lands other than Palestine who spoke the Greek language and were more Greek than Hebrew in their attitudes and outlook. The other group, the Hebrews, spoke the Aramaic and or Hebrew languages of Palestine and preserved Jewish culture and customs. And so, naturally, a misunderstanding developed. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. The Church of Jesus Christ began at Pentecost, after Jesus' resurrection and ascension. Jesus' last words were, You shall be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. That launched this new movement, this new living organism that has become worldwide. Very soon, this organism needed organization. Thousands of people believed in Jesus Christ, accepted him, as Christ and Messiah and became members of his new body. This new group took seriously their responsibility of helping each other. Furthermore, since this new group was looked upon with increasing disfavor by the establishment, the needy among them were not being helped. The group that was hit the hardest was the Christian widows. They had no means of support. They needed help. The disciples themselves administered the relief or welfare fund collected from those who voluntarily contributed to it. Then they dispersed these funds to those in need. But very soon an administrative problem arose. One group of widows felt neglected and a complaint was registered with the apostles. Their administration needed restructuring and updating. This new group, the church, was having growing pains. Here is Luke's account. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against those of the Aramaic-speaking community because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and ministry of the Word. Caring for the widows was an important function, according to God's instructions to Israel. He had to remind them from time to time not to neglect the widows. Luke tells us that sometimes the Pharisees, instead of helping the widows, would actually dispossess them. This new group of believers made an effort to take care of their Christian widows. But the group was getting very large, and the twelve disciples were still performing all or most of the administrative duties. This got to be too much for them. And as a result, some widows were being neglected, probably not intentionally. There were two major groups in this new movement. There were the Hebrew Christians and the Hellenists. The Hebrew Christians spoke Mishnaic Hebrew or Aramaic. These were the Palestinian Jews. They had their own culture and social structures and practices. The disciples themselves were in this group. 
But there was another group called Grecian Jews. They were the Hellenists. They were not native to Palestine. They spoke Greek. They had their own culture, distinctions, and practices. They had moved in from Mediterranean countries. Since they spoke another language, the synagogue services were not as meaningful to them. They probably met within their own circles in Christian homes or house churches. They used the Septuagint Greek Bible instead of the Hebrew Bible. And their customs were those of the diaspora. I personally see no reason why cultural, tradition, language, and other matters should not be valid reasons for worshiping separately. These things are important for meaningful worship. The church has room for these distinctions. So here were two distinct groups among the Christians. The Hellenists felt that their widows were being overlooked. They were not receiving the care they should. None of the disciples who administered the funds were Hellenists. They were all native Hebrews. Perhaps they didn't always know about the needs of the Hellenist widows. So the unity of the church was this early put to the test. The disagreement was not over doctrine or theology, but over a practical matter. I'll talk about the proposed solution tomorrow. Let me wrap up today. The two groups, the Greek-speaking Jews and the Hebrew-speaking Jews, were two factions in the country. There was often scorn and resentment between these two factions. The Hellenists were the minority group in the church, and the minority will often exaggerate their neglect. It will be oversensitive to any indication of neglect. While the majority may often overlook the needs of the minority and actually prefer themselves, equality hadn't filtered fully into the practical lives of these early Christians yet. While the problem of the Hellenist widows was real, we have no reason to believe that the neglect was intentional. This whole episode points up the fact that differences occur within Christian churches. Such should not be minimized but faced and solved. I repeat a point I made earlier today. We must allow for cultural, linguistic, and other distinctions in the church. A forced unity will not only be artificial and contrived, but will be detrimental to the body. Each one should be able to worship in a context that is comfortable and appealing. The beauty of the church is that in spite of such differences, there is an underlying unity that is in Jesus, and that unity transcends everything else and cannot be jeopardized by minor distinctions. It's great to meet an Arab who knows Jesus, but who doesn't speak my language, or a Jew, or a Russian, or a German, or a Hispanic, or a Chinese. We are one in Jesus Christ. We all share his life.
born to redeem the earth. The sky was darkened when Jesus died. Creation watched as he sacrificed for me, and yet he rolled the stone away. production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.